everybody. My name is Rio Del Sol, and this is the RDT Podcast. I am your host, the man, Rio Del Sol, and welcome to our Mach 1.0 Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been weeks in the making. We have seen the footage. We have documented what college football players are going to do after the national championship. And today is the first one, uh, probably three. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too sure how many I'm going to do, but probably of three mock drafts. And today we do have a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. He is one of the hosts of the Off the Record podcast on Twitter. You have Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it. Um, you can also follow them on Twitter at, at record underscore pod. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Michael Pleasant joining us here for our 1.0 mock draft. Michael, how are you doing today? Wow, that was a hell of an intro. I feel very special after that. I've You got me glowing and stuff, all smiling. That was, you know, you really touched my heart there, but I'm doing good. It's, it's a beautiful Sunday, you know, 10-18. I can't complain. Had some Cheerios this morning, so I feel like I'm ready for the mock. I haven't seen it, which is awesome. Because yeah. I get to react, you know, straight off the top of my dome, I'm reacting and kind of looking at your mock because, hey, I know you put a lot of time and effort into it, so I'm excited to see. Yeah, I put, a lot, see. I put a lot of time and effort on this. But, you know, so many people this year, it's going to be different for a mock draft. We're not going to have a combine, which a lot of people did have last year. Everybody would say the draft's going to be so different because there's no stage and we're doing it video chat. But this year there was no combine. A lot of players sat out from the previous season. Uh, because of COVID-19 restrictions and it's just it's got this different feel for it and this year was really hard I mean this mock draft is going to have them some prizes um, some we're going to have some great discussions I think uh, regarding the picks uh, there is one thing I know for certain and the one thing is we both know what we want for our respective teams and if we don't get them in the draft I know we're both going to be really upset so <laughs> I couldn't agree more. We, we know what we need. You know what the Steelers need. You know what the, I know what the Packers need. I like to think I know what the Packers need. So I'm, I'm hoping that your mock draft uh, gets us what we need in the first round here. I think it does, but I mean, we'll see. I'm not Todd McShay. I'm not Mel Kuyper. I'm not in any of those two. I just thought of the best prospects at the time of draft needs. So hopefully we can both agree to disagree on my mock draft, but Let's just jump in right into it. And I think we can all agree that no doubt Trevor Lawrence will be the first pick off the board to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one. They have lacked the quarterback since, you know, Blake Bortles when they drafted him in a draft class, which let's let me tell you that top five, because it was it was him, Greg Robinson, Clowney went one. Uh, I believe they had Sammy Watkins coming out of Clemson at the same time. And, and Khalil Mack ended up being the best five of them all. And he's still in Chicago. But that draft class, everybody was shaking their head like, why did, in Jacksonville, why did we take Bortles when Khalil Mack was still on the board? What were we doing? But at the time, they needed the quarterback in the future. Bortles did take them to the divisional, the championship game, I should say, against New England. And they were just one quarter away until everything just went kaboom. And then, then we had a train of, two guys we we went out there and traded for Nick Foles or signed Nick Foles I don't remember what they did with Nick Foles and then they thought oh Nick Foles he got hurt after week one I thought D.D. Westbrook was gonna be a star but that all went to that all went away and we were into the Garner Minshew area Minshew mania and that didn't work out either then they had other quarterbacks during this season but I think the pick here for them is a new coach and Urban Meyer coming in from the college level 
and they go out there and they get the best college prospect quarterback I've seen in a very long time. Uh, yes, even better than Jamarcus Russell did when he went yeah. up quarter yeah. one. So I take Trevor Lawrence here uh, with the number one overall pick. And I think that's a no-brainer to any NFL fan looking at the Jaguars this year. Wow, I'm a little disappointed, not going to lie. I was really hoping to see the Houston Texans picking at one here and wow. taking Trevor Lawrence. Uh no, I if I was the Jags, you might I you could I've seen a lot of things, you know, potentially trade the number one pick for Deshaun Watson. I'd rather take the cheap quarterback on that four or five year deal. That's how you win Super Bowls. But yeah, this is pretty much a no-brainer. Urban Meyer is gonna take his quarterback. He took the job because he knew I had the number one pick, plain and simple. Yeah, and and, and I think the next pick too is perfect for the Jets. Uh, I also have them taking another quarterback. I think Zach Wilson would be the quarterback of the future for the Jets. And I know Jets fans are really curious to see what happens with Sam Darnold, but I just don't believe he's going to be there next year. I, I think that you want to get a fresh star for a football team that lacked a lot of, you know, athleticism and lacked talent. And don't get me wrong, Darnold looked pretty good in some of these games. I remember that one Thursday night football game that he got hurt and he came back and he was running down the field and the Jets were about to win the game and they fell so close yet they're so far. And I think just a new head coach and a new system, it's just, it's a new start. You know, no more Frank Gore in the backfield or Le'Veon Bell. We don't need all that. We need their defense to show up a little bit more. And I think a quarterback with a good offensive line is the right move. And I think Zach Wilson out of BYU should be the pick right here uh, at number two. Now Jets have a lot of cap space this year and I know, and I know you're going to smile at this, but they can go out there and get some receivers. Uh, <laughs> I like Chris Godwin. Yeah. I don't think he's coming back Tampa Bay. Allen Robinson is another great pickup that the Jets could go after. And your favorite is Juju Smith Schuster from Pittsburgh. I, I also do believe that he'll be in the market there for new york uh they have the cat space to help wilson when they draft him um but juju the jets yeah. it's schuster baby yeah, you so. know you know i'm all in on juju on the jets i've i've been saying it since week one of this last season that i think he's gonna be on the jets because there's nothing more valuable to a young quarterback than a big slot receiver you saw how much ben relied on that last year juju's trying to get paid he's trying to do the corvette corvette in a bigger stadium so I think yeah, I'd, I'd love that. I love that you have Juju including the potential receivers going to the Jets. I love it. Yes. I, I just think the Jets have two first round picks. Um, so in this mock draft, so I want to see what they do. And I think they're going to do pretty well. I think this should be the first pick. I think this should be the direction they should go to, but I mean, it depends on the front office, but if they're smart, you take the second best player available in the draft. And I think you look towards the future. It's not Sam Darnold anymore. It's Zach Wilson, and maybe you might get Juju the Jet Smith-Schuster for your team as well. Uh, third pick, the Dolphins are in a really good spot. They missed, they barely missed out on the postseason last year, but they had some they had some problems regarding who's going to be the quarterback. Are we going to start Tua? We're going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, this year, no Fitzpatrick anymore. I think Tua now takes the reins as a starting quarterback, and they go out there and get a target with this pick and i think they take jamar chase out of lsu now the dude's a monster we both saw him with our eyes and we said that this guy could be the best receiver in this class and he's got the combination of speed and he's got a great core strength that makes him one of the best targets uh in this draft class but to top those all off i mean when you think of a guy that has the ability to be killer outside because of his speed and just great strength 
that reminds me of Julio Jones coming out of the draft a couple of years ago. Uh, I know I say a couple of years ago, but it's it's been a while. I think it was 2000. Yeah. It's been a yeah. while. Julio's been in the league for a minute. Yeah. So. I, this Jamar Chase pick, it's not that I don't like it. I just disagree with it here because Jamar Chase's play style, he's a type of guy who needs a, a quarterback who's willing to throw contested catches, contested, contested balls, because the one thing I saw in college is that off the line of scrimmage, a lot of cornerbacks were able to put their hands on him when he was on his release. He has a good release, but even then, a lot of cornerbacks were able to press him, and they didn't respect his speed or his route running. They were to press him and try to make it uncomfortable, and he would still win some of those matchups. It's just that he needs a quarterback that's willing to throw, you know, contested balls, balls that may be a 50-50. And from what I've seen from Tua from his college tape and from what he did last year, that's not the type of quarterback he is. He can fit it into tight windows to where he can throw somebody open, but I don't think he's necessarily going to throw a jump ball, going to throw a ball that he's not – has a – high opportunity to be in completion. And I think that's what Jamar Chase needs. I would personally go with Devontae Smith here, but I don't mind the Jamar Chase pick because I don't want to have recency bias. He was the, he's the best receiver in the class. No question. Top to bottom. He's the number one, even though he didn't play this last year, he sat out to get ready for the draft. I think he's the number one receiver. Yeah. I mean, coming into last year, I think we both agreed that Jamar Chase was the best receiver. And then Smith popped off for an incredible Heisman campaign. And that all took store, but you know, uh, I could see, I could see both ways in this pick because you know, I, I I think we do believe that they should go wide receiver here with this pick, no matter what. I feel like offense is the one need that they have, even though they did release Van Noy the other day. Uh, you know, maybe they can go somewhere else, but I just don't think you you take that stretch for a linebacker. You you don't need a corner. You don't need any of those uh, specialty playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. So you need to go offense. Um, and I know for sure, and I both mean you can agree, they're not going for running back here because this is way too high to take a running back here. And I, I know Nigel Harris is the best running back available this year, but I think the smart pick is a receiver, and I think we take Jamar Chase right there at three. Now Atlanta at four. A lot of people say the Matt Ryan era is over. I don't agree with them. I just – I don't. I, I saw so many Falcons. I think I saw every Falcons game – from week one up to 16, because at 17, it didn't matter because my fantasy championship hopes were over. <laughs> but I saw, I literally saw every Falcons game. And and I just, I think Matt Ryan still has the arm talent. He just, he doesn't run outside the pocket, even though he did run this year. Uh, one of them went for a touchdown, crying out loud too. But I think the best thing is to upgrade their defense. They go D lineman here. Uh, Gregory wrote, how do you say that Mikey wrote Russo, Gregory Russo. So you spell it so weird, uh, but it's okay. That's how you were raised. Uh, but you know, the, the, the Falcons need to go defense. So many years we have seen Atlanta just struggle on defense and they can never stay healthy. I think that's the one point of weakness Atlanta's always had. They've had great defense, young defenses, especially the year after they left the Super Bowl um, with that awful defeat. But they have a great offense. They got weapons. I think Todd Gurley was great last year. Their offensive line struggled, but they weren't that bad. I think they go defense here. They help with that front that front pressure. You want to win the line off the scrimmage, and you want to be the best in the trenches, and I think their defense just wasn't that last year. You had to put that Falcons offense on the field so many times, and that ended up leading to errors, and it doesn't help you win. Todd Gurley is only rushing for 3.4 yards per carry. Uh, they're double teaming Calvin Ridley because <laughs> Jones was almost out of the lineup last year. Yeah, that oh, hammy, that hammy was in and out. 
You're giving yeah. me serious, like Mike Mayock, John Gruden vibes with this fourth pick. I'm not a fan of this fourth pick at all with Gregor. So I'm getting big, uh, clean Farrell vibes in 2019 when they took oh. him at four. That feels exactly like what's going on. We know the talent's there, but I just don't know if I like the price. I feel like you're drafting me. Like, I can get this guy in the back of the first round, early second. Why would I take him at four? But if you like the talent, don't get me wrong. He's a talented player, and I think he can help the Falcons' defense. But if the Falcons can get him in the back of the first, early second, I don't know how much I would take him here at four. But I see the vision. But like I said, you're giving me Mike Mayock, John Gruden vibes with his fourth pick. Uh, oh, a spider two wide banana here, Mikey. Spider, spider two wide banana. So I, I like that pick at, at four. Uh, a lot of these mock drafts actually have them taking the quarterback. But like I said before, I don't think the Matt Ryan era is over in Atlanta just yet. Uh, five, I think this one's pretty obvious that the best offensive tackle comes off the board and see well here from Oregon. They just need they need to help Joe Burrow, especially coming off the injury. Uh, they they lack that. I mean, they have draft offensive linemen over the past couple of years, too. Don't you forget about that for Cincy. But they need a guy that has size in the division that has a, like probably the best defenses in all in division. Cleveland's really good. We've seen Pittsburgh and Baltimore just be consistent for years. They go offensive linemen here. I think this one's a no-brainer. They need to protect Burrow a little bit better, especially we saw that injury happen. That was on the offensive line, not so much on Joe. Um, they, he has great receivers. T. Higgins, uh, if you guys want to book, you put a little check mark or a star over it. T. Higgins might be the breakout star next year for the whole conference in the AFC. T. Higgins played phenomenal last year. Uh, bring back Burrow, bring back a second year of experience, and I think T. Higgins is going to be really good. Um, but another threat to this offense, go get an offensive lineman, solve all those problems that you had, and let's start getting the rushing game going because Mixon. I had Joe Mixon, and <laughs> it was not fun watching him only get two yards per carry. So we need to get the <laughs> going again. So I like the pick here. I think they go offensive lineman. Yeah, Penny Sewell, this is the lock of the draft. This, this, this is the number one pick. If the players are there, it's just gonna who that's who's gonna be taken. You can, up until draft day, I think every mock draft will have them taking Penny Sewell right here at five. He's the best offensive tackle in this draft. Is He's got, he's so quick. He's so agile. And he's going to be a great left tackle in the league. So like I said, this is pretty much chalk. I would, I think every mock draft, this this going five and Trevor Lawrence going one, those are the locks of the draft. I agree. I agree. And uh, this next upcoming pick, and this is one that I have just so many headaches just thinking about. And it, this one is going to cause everything else behind it to just fall. And that's Philadelphia at six. Philadelphia needs so many needs outside of running back and quarterback, I think, because I think that's where they're going to go in the future. But they need defense. They need receivers. They need offensive linemen. They need basically everything for Philadelphia. But uh, with this mock draft, and Mikey saw it before we got on and started recording that I – I like this one a lot, and I, I think, I think Jalen Waddle, Waddle over here for Alabama is going to go out there and take at six. Why? Let me tell you why. Let me let me get my let me get my suit going on here. <laughs> they want to get everyone wants to get the next Tyree Kill. Everybody wants the next best fast receiver that can beat your off your defenses in the middle on the outside. You, you name it, they want to beat them. And this kid's got raw speed. This kid can burn everybody we saw him in alabama and just take over games when he had to i feel that here the pick is smart for them they're going into a new offensive system especially with 
you know, Jalen Hurts being the quarterback. You got Miles Sanders here. Outside of Jalen Rager, who had an up-and-down rookie campaign, you want to pair him up with another fast receiver. Rager is tall. You want another short one that can get around it, almost like an A-B-type situation. You need a guy in the slot. And for a lot of these guys developing into their first or second year, what do they look at the most? They look at guys that are probably the closest to them. They don't want to throw it out deep unless you're Justin Herbert, who wanted to throw it to Keenan Allen like 13 times a game. So for a guy that's going to learn the offensive system, you want a fast receiver inside the slot. And I think they take Waddle here. I, I really do believe that Philadelphia goes the direction of a receiver instead of anything else. Now, they do need a bunch of stuff, and they don't have the cap space for it. But in order for you to go into this new offensive system, receiver should be the option here. Unless they take uh, a guy that we'll mention later in the mock draft in the next couple of picks, uh, because we don't know the situation in free agency. And a lot of these things also have to deal with free agency that happens in two weeks. So uh, we'll see what teams, what kind of chess pieces they go with. But uh, they take a receiver. They take, in my opinion, the second best receiver off the board here and uh, Jalen Waddle. That's this pick is interesting because I'm only scared of Devontae Smith just because he's a once in a type build player. We don't see these receivers at his weight and size succeed in the league. It's really hard to find that. He's one of the thinnest receivers in the draft class, but that doesn't scare me because he plays big at the point of the catch. He plays physical, but I really do like Waddle here as well. The thing about Waddle is there's a lot of fast guys in the league who, you know, run fast 40 times and haven't translated to success. It's also hard to find the next Tyree kill because once again, Tyree kills Olympic level speed. You saw the contested catch he made in the playoffs when they had Matt Moore throw him the ball. Like he was making a contested catch. You're like, who's the play we're going to drop. There's not a lot of guys his size, if any, that are doing that. So Jalen Waddle here is an interesting pick, but Jalen Waddle has controlled speed. He knows how to turn it on, turn it off. I like to think he drives like stick shift. He can go into first gear and second gear, third gear with his speed. And that's something that a lot of receivers don't have. They just know how to go straight line, full speed. Prime example is Henry Ruggs. I think him and Henry Ruggs are similar, but Waddle controls his speed a little better in the field. He has he has that game speed as well. But I do like this pick. I wouldn't be mad if he took Waddle or Devontae Smith here. Yeah, I think they go. I know, I know, I can hear... I can hear someone that we know screaming on top of the, his lungs saying, why are we taking a receiver here at six? But I, I think they go receiver. Uh, I like either pick that you just said. Uh, I just think they go offense first. Uh, it doesn't matter what position because they need a lot, but offense should be the first pick for the Eagles. I like receiver. Maybe people might say, Ooh, maybe we should get somewhere else that we need to need. But you know what? I like this right here. Uh, seven, you're a big NFC North fan, you a big Lions guy. You like looking at the Lions every year. <laughs> uh, Mike Parson here, linebacker from Penn State, is the pick that I have for the Lions. They need a linebacker. They they struggled so much uh, last year on defense. Their offense was pretty pretty good, especially down you know later in the season. They finally got the run game going, and and but they don't have uh, Matthew Stafford anymore. They got the guy that, in my opinion, didn't deserve that contract a couple of years ago, and that's Jared Goff. But that's mm. another that's another statement another argument for another day but um they go out there they go get a linebacker and the guy that can play that luke keekley role here with uh parson he can be the next devin white maybe not as fast as Devin white because Devin white coming out of lsu was just crazy fast but he'll he'll be the guy here for detroit that can be your play caller and also be the heart and soul of the defense you got a coach that he wants to be 
physical. He wants, he wants to be nasty. He says he wants a mm-hmm. playmaker. And I think if you want to set that tone, you go out there and you get the most important part of a defense. And that is your play caller. You're the guy in the middle, their linebacker. This guy fits the bill at seven. I think they franchise tag uh, Kenny Galladay, which keeps him here for one more year. And they go defense with the seventh overall pick. Um, no, yeah, I like this a lot. I think Micah Parsons is probably obviously the best linebacker in the class. I think he's like 6'1", 240, 6'1", 230, about that. And he's he's obviously really fast. He covers up a lot of holes on your defense in the middle of the field. Uh, he can cover tight ends. You know, he runs that. He ran like a 4'4", four, four or 4'4", four, 4'4", four, 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 I think, in the 40. So he's a really fast player. And I think he is a three. He's a three-down linebacker. He can play inside. He can play outside. So if you're going to start to rebuild your defense, I think this is the pick to go for sure. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I just Detroit's never had defense. Is it, it may it maybe just be me? I don't know. I mean, I the only time I remember they had a great defense to start with probably Glover Quinn back in like 2014. Outside of that, I mean, it's been a little hit and misses, but they do know how to draft in the first round defensive players. They had an Adamkin Sue a couple years ago, so uh, I like the pick here. Let's go to A. I think we both can agree they go quarterback here with the Panthers. They have a lot of talent in Carolina. You, uh, DJ Moore's a, a guy, Christian McCaffrey. Their offensive line was, for the most part, pretty good last year. Uh, and and Teddy Bridgewater was just the one factor. I was just like, I love Teddy. Don't get me wrong. I wanted him to succeed in, in Carolina, but it just didn't happen. And the Panthers, they started off really good, and they just faded after week six. And – their pick here is Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. This dude has it all. He's got the arm strength. He's got accuracy. This quarterback right here can probably take the Panthers to the next level. Now, they won't be competing with the likes of uh, Tampa Bay next year. I think Tampa Bay wins that division. And note to self, I mean, what are we? what is Drew Brees doing? We don't have an announcement yet. Drew, make up your mind. But <laughs> for the most part, Carolina's the the pick here that they take quarterback and it, it just makes them a better threat in the future for this division. We're going to see a bunch of these quarterbacks transition out. Uh, as mentioned, we don't know what Matt Ryan's going to go through. Drew Brees hasn't made a decision. And Tom is at the age where we want to say, stop, Tom, stop playing. But the dude just keeps winning championships. So we don't know when he's going to stop. So they they want to be the main dog in the future for the division and in the conference that has the likes of, you know, Russell Wilson, which we don't even know if he's going to stay there. Kyler Murray, a bunch of these young quarterbacks. And then, of course, probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers. We need to find out who's going to be the next guy that can step up to Rodgers in the next couple of years in this conference that's always been tricky. And Trey Lance is the guy that I think Carolina can put around guys like McCaffrey and more that can give them the edge. Uh, and they just need they need someone to be the next firepower that they had when they had cam noon cam noon was really electric now i know trey lance is not cam noon nobody was cam noon coming out of college that boy was a man playing with boys in college so but trey lance he's got the, he's got the talent that is to the next level uh, maybe they might start him off the bench i don't think he starts right away but uh, if you can ease into the role of a starting quarterback here for carolina i think it'd be perfect for them taking him at number eight I would probably, I don't mind Trey Lance today, but I would probably go Justin Fields before him. I personally have Justin Fields as my quarterback too in this draft. So to see both Zach Wilson and Trey Lance go over him is a little interesting, but I would probably take Justin Fields, but I don't mind the Trey Lance pick. I do think that he will sit for a year or two, 
but he has like all of the all of the characteristics you want, all of the physical tools you want in a in a future quarterback. I think the biggest thing when drafting a quarterback nowadays is we've kind of transitioned from not necessarily pocket passers, but every top quarterback has a sense of either playmaking outside the pocket or the ability to create like they're mobile. And it's not, you don't have to be like a run first quarterback. You have to be mobile to be a franchise quarterback. Nowadays, you look at it, you have Aaron Rodgers, who's gifted outside the pocket, uh, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, even Mahomes, once again, gifted outside the pocket can get outside, get up the field. I think you just have to have a sense of mobility. So I don't mind Trey Lance here, but I would probably go with Justin Fields. But I think Trey Lance can sit behind Teddy Ridgewater for a year and then hopefully try to win a Super Bowl with him because your best chance to win a Super Bowl is in the rookie years of a quarterback's deal. So I don't I like this pick, but I would personally go Justin Fields. No to everybody. That is true. Look at Pat Mahomes and look at Ben Roethlisberger. Rookie quarterbacks, they get the job done, especially in that rookie contract. They got mm-hmm. nothing else to lose, right? It's a little contract. They got to prove themselves. Exactly. Number nine, Denver. They just their secondary gets better here. Patrick Sertain, the second, goes right here into the laps of the Denver Broncos. And surprisingly, I, I see this is where Philadelphia could probably take them there as well. They need corners, but I think he falls all the way back here to nine. Uh, I think a couple of days ago, we just heard the news that Justin Simmons was franchise tagged. So he'll be on for another year unless he doesn't sign in and pulls a Le'Veon Bell. But that's very often that we see that. But in the eyes of the Denver Broncos front office, I think you got to go with defense, especially with, you don't know what Von Miller is going to do. We don't know what the, that, that's going to happen. You want to have one of the best secondaries in the league. And you get a guy that's fast. He's got strength. He He's like his father, but like times two. His father was really good in the league. And I think he's just a little bit better. And we saw him last year in Alabama. We, we saw him making plays. He didn't have that many interceptions, but boy, was he a ball hawk. That boy can get to the ball. He can play so well with his hands off the line. And it's it just great things to see what he can do. I think he's the best corner in this draft class. And another thing, another target for Denver to pick up on their defense, which they've had good corners in the past. We talk about guys like Chris Harris Jr. and Aqib Tlaib to name a few corners. And this just adds another one. They're getting off of the A.J. Bouye situation there in Denver as well. So uh, bringing another corner here, solidify the defense. The offense, on my opinion, they have all the talent in the world. They just got to put it together. Uh, but the defense is now the next step for Denver to be one of the best teams. Maybe go out there and contend with Kansas City and the and the Raiders. But we'll see what that happens with both of those two teams. As this year might be a little bit weird, especially in Vegas, because we don't know about the Derek Carr situation. But Denver goes right here and takes a cornerback off the board. Yeah, I definitely like I like this pick. Um, it really depends between Sertain and Fairley, who you have as your Caleb Fairley from uh, Virginia Tech, who you have as your number one corner. So if Denver has Sertain higher on their board than they take him, um, I would be interested to see if that because in your mock draft you have Justin Fields falling right now. I'd be interested to see if Denver takes Justin Fields in this spot. But I definitely think that if the if the top four quarterbacks are off the board come the ninth pick, they take whoever they have high, slotted as their number one corner for sure. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm glad you mentioned that Justin Fields is falling because I, 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 when I was going through my mocks, I was like, where does he slot? Where does he come into? But uh, you'll see in the next couple of picks here where he actually goes. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. And boy, oh boy, I've never seen a team with so much talent and they just fail. Oh my God. Dallas, what are you doing? I mean, a lot of that had to depend on Dak Prescott going down. We can both agree with that. Dak Prescott going down really hurt the team. But if you didn't look, 
the Cowboys only had one win prior to Dak Prescott going down. They they had it, and that one win they had to come back from like a big deficit just to beat the Falcons. And Atlanta blew another lead, which they were notorious for doing that last year. But uh, Dallas goes out there, gets another weapon in Kyle Pitts in uh, the tight end from Florida. They could go defense here. I'm already going to say that there. They can go defense if they wanted to. I think fairly is a, a good pickup for Dallas because they lacked a lot on the defensive line, especially because a lot of injuries, man. Uh, I don't even want to talk about Dallas's injuries because then we'll get into <laughs> Sean Lee territory, and that's not a good territory you want to go into. Uh, but you want to add another weapon here on, on offense. And I think Dak Prescott comes back um, under the tag just to prove himself after the injury. Like I can still do this at a high level and they go out there and get the tight end in their need because I mean, don't get me wrong. Blake Jarwin's a great tight end for Dallas, but he's not going to be the next big thing. And in my personal opinion, none of the top tight ends in the league were the next big thing. None of them were in the first round outside of, you look at the top five, outside of TJ Hawkinson, none of those guys went in the first over, first round. So just taking a tight end in the first round of the draft is kind of just weird unless they have like God gave them the greatest talents on earth and they were the best at their position last year, which Pitts was, but I mean, not even Gronk went the first round. So that, that, that tells you a lot at how much tight ends really go in the first round, but uh, Dallas gets another weapon on offense. They can go offensive line, as mentioned, defense. But if you want to solidify you guys as one of the most electrifying young offenses in the NFL with guys like Dak, Zeke, Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, you want another you want another tight end to make this a, an offense that nobody can stop in the near future. And I think Kyle Pitts could be the guy uh, that can bring in this young group of athletes together and just add one more piece and take them to the top that maybe sometimes they don't even have to rely on their defense and just rely on their offense, which I know defense wins championships, but guess what? Offense sells tickets. So Dallas goes out here, takes pick uh, pits with the overall 10th pick. Kyle Pitts is definitely an interesting pick. Um, I think he's, I've seen a lot of like, you know, where just power ranking boards where they have him as a top five player in the draft. So him to fall to 10 is very interesting to the Cowboys. I personally would take uh, Caleb Fairley here. I think the Cowboys need a corner opposite of uh, Trayvon Diggs. So I would personally go with a cornerback here, um, maybe even Rashawn Slater to add another tackle. You can never have enough tackles. I know they have Lyle Collins. I know they have Tyron Smith, but you can never have enough good tackles, especially with Tyron Smith. I, I believe they signed to a contract extension in the past two years. So I would personally go with, uh, with another cornerback here opposite of Trayvon Diggs, but Kyle Pitts, Man, with C.D. Lamb, with Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, potentially Dak, if they either franchise tag him or reach a long-term deal with Zeke, that's a special offense. Um, I don't know if I trust Mike McCarthy to lead that <laughs> offense, but hey, if I, I wouldn't mind getting Kyle Pitts at 10 here if I'm a Cowboys, if I'm the Cowboys organization and a Cowboys fan. You love Mike McCarthy, don't you? <laughs> love is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> I would say I appreciate Mike McCarthy's years in the Packers organization and helping them lead them to the Super Bowl, but after that Super Bowl, it was downhill from there, you know. An NFC Championship blowout against the Falcons, heartbreaking loss against Seahawks. But hey, we I digress. Yeah, I mean, I remember when they hired Mike McCarthy. You're like, oh no, what are they doing? But hey, that's the direction they wanted to go to. We all saw what happened last year. Number eleven, New York Football Giants. Here, behold, is your receiver that you've been wanting for. Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama, goes right here to the New York Giants. 
And boy, would this be a steal for the Giants game. The best receiver in college football on all of last year. The Heisman winner goes to New York where they need another big playmaker outside of Saquon Barkley, who was coming off the season-ending injury last year. You need another target for Daniel Jones in the key moments to, to go out there and ball. You want a guy that can be the next big thing. And Smith, right here for the Giants, no-brainer. They should go without a doubt, take him right there. If he's still on the board at their pick at 11, you take him. Their defense played well last year. It's just the offense just did not get going when they needed to. You get Saquon back. Uh, you, I don't know what's going to happen with Evan Ingram. We have we have yet to see what he can do. Uh, but Devontae Smith here with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, I mean, things are looking up for a team that complained about not getting into the playoffs last year because of that division. But maybe they have the talent now. They can actually get past these guys and wins and get into their next step. This also reminds you of last year's uh, pick where Denver basically took their time in the draft and they saw all their receivers go off the board. And they're like, wait a minute. Wait, who's this on the board? You know, and then they, they ended up getting a receiver that they didn't. They didn't need, and he actually balled out. So they had Judy. Yeah, that was a yeah, Jerry that was a Judy, big addition for them. Yeah, Jerry Judy falling to them and getting them pairing him up with Corlin Sun, which we didn't see him all the whole year because he had an injury. But I mean, now two years in a row, receiver falls in the draft, and you end up, you know, getting them at your pick. No brainer. You take Devontae Smith. He's obviously you've said it prior. He could be the best receiver in this class, but we already took. Jan Waddle and we already took Jamar Chase. So Smith is a pick here for the Giants if they go this direction. Yeah, this is pretty self-explanatory. You know, you get a Heisman candidate comes is sitting there at free 11. I definitely could see them getting some more playmakers, you know, across of Darius Slade and Sterling Shepard, Saquon, get some more weapons for Daniel Jones. Um, so I, I don't mind this pick at all. I definitely I think a receiver could help them for sure. All right. So we're gonna skim uh we're gonna get you some of these picks a little quicker. We're going to go through these in five intervals. So uh, right here, we have picks 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Mikey, I'm going to ask you which one of these picks out here, if you can name one of them, mm-hmm. uh, which one here stands out the most and where you, you could either be, you like them a lot or you don't like the pick and where you think they should go in that direction. I think the two biggest picks that I see here um, in front of me is first off Caleb Fairley, who's my cornerback one falling to the Niners who actually don't have a cornerback on their roster uh, signed on their roster for this upcoming season. So it's obviously a position of need. And then Justin Fields falling to 14 and the new Orleans, uh, new Orleans saints trade up to this pick. I think that's a hell of a play by them. If they, if they were to trade up, if fields fell to 14 and get their franchise quarterback, if they don't believe in Jameis, um, I think this is a good decision, but I think those two picks most surprised me just because like I said, the Niners get their, their Q, their cornerback one for the future and the new Orleans saints get their QB one with Justin Fields. And now you're going from breeze to fields. Hopefully that's a Manning to luck kind of transition. Yeah. I mean, when I was doing the mock draft, I said, new Orleans doesn't know what they're doing. And they're so far back that, you know, they don't, they can't, do anything back there they need a trade up for a quarterback especially when we don't know what drew Brees is going to go with and i looked at see which team doesn't need to be where they're at right now and i saw minnesota and i said minnesota at 14 really intrigues me because you know minnesota is a team that they need defense i think we can both agree on that they need defense more than their offense but if i'm new orleans i've already done it before prior 
But when they went up there to go get Davenport a couple of years ago, why not do it again? They go get their quarterback of the future with Justin Fields falling. A lot of people, like you mentioned, have him in the top 10. Uh, yeah. They get him right here at 14. The future making that, you know, you mentioned that the Deshaun Watsons, the Kyler Murrays, he's got that playmaking ability. Great leader in Ohio State. Uh, you know me and how I feel about Ohio State quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not going to discuss about Ohio State quarterbacks, but you know me. Uh, the guy has <laughs> great – he's athletic. He is a great thrower. He has all the tangibles that you need to be the best quarterback in the next level. So uh, no-brainer that they should go out there and try to trade up. If they can't, I, that's tough. I don't know what New Orleans is going to do. But I think here we're going to have our first trade of the evening. There has been a trade-in. But – Hmm. Minnesota is going to be the team that's going to come back, fall back to where New Orleans is. New Orleans comes up, takes Justin Fields, their quarterback of the future. And another pick that I liked in this little five that you didn't mention was uh, Kitty Pay from New England going out there with Michigan Rusher. I mean, New England, I mean, let's be honest here. New England had a lot of, you know, talents, especially on defense, just didn't want to play this year because of the COVID-19 situation. And I think that that hurt him a lot long-term. Now the play of Cam Newton also hurt him, uh, especially when people, I'm not going to point any fingers, but calling Cam Newton, the resurgence of Cam Newton. Woo, Cam Newton, they're leading the, the Patriots, man. And then, and then I realized when they played Seattle that one night, I was just like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. This is not going to work out. And I saw it from then on. I said, no. New England won't be a threat this year. And they weren't. And they really weren't. But a lot of that has to do with their defense, who gave up a lot of points. And and their defense right now, as we're speaking, has a lot of questions of, should we trade Gilmore? Should you know we get rid of one of the McCourty brothers? Uh, is Hightower going to come back? So a lot of these question marks surrounding this team, but one that wasn't was, we need to fix our defensive line. We need to win in the trenches. And we're going up against some – we saw Buffalo had a great offensive line last year. Miami is going to get better on their offensive line. Uh, and we'll see what the Jets do. But uh, in a division where everyone's getting younger and you're not, it kind of scares me. So um, why not get an edge rusher that has great strength and got great speed off the line of scrimmage? He has a lot of upside in his game and in, in, in pain. But, you know, I saw him a couple games in Michigan. I didn't watch Michigan football that much this year. As I normally do, because I mean, let's just be honest, the Jim Harbaugh situation just, just yeah, it was not fun watching <laughs> it. But uh, I think they go D lineman here, and they they can go either way on a D lineman or you know a guy that we haven't talked about. They can go out there and get a quarterback, and a guy that I like is probably Mac Jones out of Alabama. And I know you're not really happy with that, but I'm out on I'm out on Mac Jones. I don't even want to talk about Mac Jones. I'm I'm out on him. I, like I said, I just, the physical tools he needs, once again, he's another quarterback, not, he's not a game manager because he's shown the ability to make plays, but he just needs a really great situation to succeed. So if he doesn't end up on the Niners, I don't expect too much out of him the first couple of years. So I'm out on Mac Jones right now. He's, he's QB five for a reason. He, he has potential to be great, but he's QB five for a reason for me. <laughs> hey, but that's a national champion, man. That's a national champion. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens there, but uh, I like those two picks a lot. Very interesting to see if New Orleans actually does trade up and take a quarterback. We don't know. As mentioned, they have the picks. Uh, I want them to go out there and hopefully get someone. Uh, and then this, 
the two other picks that uh, that we didn't go over right here was pick 13 with the Chargers getting Rashawn Slater. That's yeah. a good pick. Um, he could be a swing tackle if they need him to, just because I, I, I would say he's the tackle of the future for them. With Brian Balaga being injured, being their right tackle, he's been injured. And then at 16, the Cardinals get an, another corner opposite of Byron Murphy with Pat P potentially leaving. I like that pick a lot too with J.C. Horn uh, out of South Carolina. Those are two really good picks that I think that they're nothing flashy, but they just get the job done. So I agree with both those picks as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> we go to 17 to 21, and uh, there's a name that we just mentioned right there at pick number 19, and that is Mac Jones being the fifth quarterback taken off the board here. He's going to the Washington football team, and I know people are going to be really upset because everyone thinks Tyler Haneke is going to be the next guy to take the reins off of Alex Smith after they just said we're not going to bring him back another year. And here, <laughs> so you get your guy, uh, he's going to start in Heineke, who did pretty good, especially that playoff game against Tom uh, in the first round. He'll be the guy to start the year, but if you get a guy like Mac Jones coming off the bench and could be the, like I said, the next guy for them, I think that's a great fit. You get a guy that can bring some talent coming off a championship pedigree team in college football for a couple of years. And you have them lined up with a great young defensive core that played outstanding last season. You got a lot of playmakers. You got scary Terry McLaurin. Um, uh, what's the running back's name? The guy that Antonio took, Gibson, JD McKissick. They got yeah. they, have, they have some good talent on, on Washington for sure. I wouldn't mind the Mac Jones pick here if he's sitting behind, you know, Taylor Heineke, but I don't know. I think they're looking for more of a splash play at quarterback. I would think that they would like to trade up for one of the other three or four guys or see things still try to put the assets together to get a Deshaun Watson or get a Russell Wilson. I don't know if they want to take Mac Jones, the 19th, 19th pick here, but I wouldn't mind this pick for Washington at all. If, if Mac Jones wants to sit for a year or if he can come in and start right away. Yeah. So uh, just to clarify things is a pick 17 through 21. Uh, we have Mac Jones falling right there at pick 19 to Washington. Another guy that stands out will go to 17 for me, Christian Barrymore, Alabama DT. Uh, you mentioned that he had some Mike Mayock vibes out there. <laughs> the Raiders are a young team on defense. I think their offense had the pieces last year that got them to where they needed to be. I think they had what eight wins last year. The Raiders did. So the, a lot of, a lot of losses towards the end of the year were basically the collapse on the offense. I don't think the defense had so much to do with it, but the defense were crying out loud. COVID struck their defense by like a mile and a half last year. And that's that, probably that one of the old line got a hold of yeah, the old, the old line, like both sides of the D de- the defense, the entire defense and the old line, just, they hurt a lot. And, and credit to Derek Carr for actually, you know, helping him and him and Derek wall, Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs really carry that football team last year to eight wins. They start off really good. And they're, they're probably their best win of the year probably came against the chiefs team. Um, that's this last season. And, they go out there, they get younger again on defense. They take Barrymore here from Bama. And, and Barrymore can help with the running attack because the run when it came to the defense last year for the Raiders, they struggled against the run. And they need another physical presence to line up outside Marquise Hurst who can bring that next town, that next step to them. And they, I think they go defensive tackle here just to hold their trenches. They need a better uh, pass rush and they need a better run stuff. And I think they go get DT here. They're, the rest of the team will develop. And after this, some of them had first year, second years, but 
you want to start getting that defense, almost like that vibe of what the, the Niners defense was a couple of years ago when they had guys like DeForest Buckner and Armstead and, and Bosa. We want all those guys, those young guys in the front, just so you can help the guys in the back develop as well. Secondary got scrambled all last year, but of course, as mentioned, they're young. So they get a little bit younger on the defensive line, but hopefully in the next three to four years, that line can be actually one of the best in the NFL, if not the best in the league. Yeah, once again, these are not like sexy picks. These are just really filling needs at this point. This is when this is when you start taking players that not not might, might not be best available for a team like the Raiders, but trying to just build foundation uh, foundation pieces for sure. Uh, Christian Barrymore is a good pick. You have the Dolphins at 18, taking Edwards from Penn State, Jason Owa. Um, Oway, I think it's pronounced, but he, those are also, that's another good pick that I definitely agree with. Um, I, I don't mind either of those picks for the Raiders or the Dolphins. I think that specifically for the Raiders, like you said, they're trying to build their D-line, build the trenches. That's what wins games. So those are, once again, two good picks that I totally agree with there. Yeah, and you, you also go back to the John Gruden Buccaneers did a couple in 2002. I mean, they had Warren Sapp leading that defensive line with Brooks in, in the linebacker. So you want to start building your defense. I mean, you want – I know Spire 2 I banana is your goal here, but we need to get the defense better because the defense really did not help you in certain situations last year, and it showed a lot on, on the field. But, you know, maybe, just maybe, this defense could be one of the best in the future, if not the best. Uh, we're going to go to 21 through 24. Uh, I see, I see my team here. I'm not going to discuss my team just yet because I feel like I'd go off and ramble about why we need him. Uh, but one guy that, well, first of all, we do have a trade at 21. We have the Colts uh, getting out of that spot. They're going to go out there and trade them with the Cleveland Browns and the Browns get the linebacker and Damian Collins from Tulsa to help them in the inside. They're, they've been lacking that linebacker uh, for a while now since Joe Schobert left to Jacksonville, which I don't know why he did that, but he did. Um, and the Browns are just a couple of championship pieces uh, pieces away from becoming that championship team. I think we saw last year what they did, historic playoff run. I mean, I they they had they had the Chiefs on the ropes. They they took out the reigning, defending, undisputed NFC North champions and the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round in Pittsburgh. Uh, their running game, I mean, Nick Chubb. And, and Kareem Hunt, the best one-two combination probably in the NFL when it comes to running backs. And then, of course, you, you forget Odell Beckham Jr. was hurt almost all the season, all year last year, and uh, he gets back. But their defense really stepped up. We saw uh, Miles Garrett, who, by the way, if you've not seen the basketball video of Miles Garrett, you have to check it out. It's <laughs> frightening, but <laughs> go ahead and check yeah, it out. I, but they – <laughs> they Collins out there in the middle linebacker spot. They need to fill in all three le- levels of the defense. I think their their secondary is pretty good with uh, guys like Denzel Ward back there. You I mentioned uh, Miles Garrett in the front. Uh, they need someone in the middle, and I think Collins is a perfect trade here. They trade up just a couple of spots to to get Collins, who I know he's not the best linebacker in the draft class, but he's a really good one that you know can bring versatility to the position. And, and he actually works pretty well in coverage. If you have not watched any Tulsa games, I think that it, the guy really, really stood out a lot in the defense because he was that commander in chief for the Golden Hurricanes. And it showed, it showed. And their defense played well. Um, and I think Cleveland, if they're smart, they go out there. Sonny Weaver, I, I don't, I think it's not Sonny Weaver, but, you know, maybe he might trade up uh, not 
three first round picks, but uh one David Putney. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> David Putney. Nah. But I, I'd say Collins goes here, Tulsa, and another guy that I have uh between picks 21 through 24. 23, the New York football Jets, they take a running back. They take Nigel Harris here from Alabama. Uh, he's the best running back available in, in this draft. And, I, I mean, let's be honest. Frank Gore is not the guy, you know, they're not going to rely on uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, no, they need a running back. We saw him take Zach Wilson there at two. I think they built up on that, and they take Nigel Harris with guys like Juju the Jet, Smith Schuster. I mean, you they have they have the talent that they they have the money to spend, and they're in a division where it's young, and they can still probably get up there and compete with teams like Miami and Buffalo. But it's gonna take a while, and I think a running back to lift out your running game is one thing, and not just that, but he's also great in catching the ball. I mean, we saw him make explosive plays top to bottom all of last season. Um, you know, catching the ball in the backfield. He, he's he got the speed. He's very powerful, very strong running back, great catching ability. Uh, the Jets get an all-around running back. They can do both things, and I think this is a smart pick for the Jets. Yeah, uh, that's that's a solid pick for the Jets. With Titans getting uh, Ojakari at 23 from Georgia, Najee going to 23 at the Jets I like, Elijah Vera Tucker going to 24 to your Steelers, and then Jalen Phillips from Miami going 25 to the Jags. Obviously, I like Najee Harris to the Jets. I'm not a big fan of signing free agent running backs. They've already made that mistake with Bell once and ended up cutting him. So we see how that's gone. So I think getting Najee Harris here on the Jets is a good spot because he'll provide a lot of value. You get a cheap running back for four to five years on that rookie deal. And I think, like I said, he's the best running back. Uh, Travis Etienne, I like him, but I would definitely go Najee Harris here. But let's talk about the Steelers. Getting getting an O-lineman, which you definitely – you like the Steelers. You want them to get O-lineman. Elijah Veritaka here is a good pick. What what are your thoughts on on you landing your guy here? Well, I mean, the Steelers, they I think no matter what, they go offensive lineman. The offensive line fell apart, especially in the last six games of the season. I mean, we saw Pittsburgh going left and right, guys coming in and out of the lineup, Pouncey missing a couple of games because of COVID. And then this year, this offseason, Pouncey then retires. And so uh, Elijah Veritaka here, guard out of USC, I think it's a smart pickup. Uh, and, and, and the guy could be versatile, too. He can also play left tackle, which I personally do not believe the Steelers will re-sign Alejandro Bruno with a back um, for the next campaign. And it also helps that Big Ben lowered his cap space this year, so maybe Pittsburgh can go out there and, you know, maybe get a couple guys for their offensive line. But, geez, the, the Steelers need line more than anything on their on their roster because – we saw the effects of what happened. They got a lot of young offensive linemen and they just, they need to get into their mold. You know, it takes time. You know, this Mikey, I mean, green Bay's had a great offensive line for years and it takes time to develop offensive linemen. And I think Pittsburgh and green Bay both know how to develop offensive linemen into the next big thing. And I think you get, you get Vera Tucker here. Who's he initially he's a guard, but I think he's going to play tackle. I think that's where he's going to go. You got Matt Beeler coming back. McCord did pretty good over there. DeCastro has always a stable there, a right guard. Um, and I think they they could possibly sign a center. Uh, there's a lot of good centers, free agents available. Uh, Hudson was one of them. Alex Matt's another one. Now, Pittsburgh doesn't have the money for it, but if they can try to swindle their way into a, uh, a good center, I, I highly recommend it. But you get a guy that's versatile on both sides, on, on being a guard and a tackle at the same time. Um, but 
no matter if Pittsburgh goes offensive line here, I, if they don't go offensive line here, I'm going to start throwing stuff. But if they go offensive line here, no matter what the pick is, uh, that's fine. But uh, Beer Tucker, in my opinion, is the best available at the time for offensive linemen. Um, and instead of going to tackle, they go out of guard. Yeah, these are, I think that's just, I think I agree. I think it's a good pick. Develop the trenches with, with the Steelers, get some more help on the L line. Then said, if he can swing, if he can, you know, play multiple positions and potentially evolve into a left tackle or a right tackle, that would be awesome if that's what you get. But I think that's a good pick. And I agree with that as well. I hope, hopefully we do get there. Cause man, I don't want to trade the picks. And I mean, last year I didn't have a first round pick. We all saw what happened to that first round pick. And that boy ended up being an all pro, but I mean, Minga's nice. Yeah, Mika's nice. really nice, but you know it's time to draft an offensive lineman, and I think Pittsburgh goes right there at twenty-four. But we're here now at twenty-six through thirty, and we see Mikey's Packers here. Uh, I know he's going to be really excited when we get down there to talk about his pick. Uh, but let, let's talk about a, a couple guys here: uh, Tavian Jenkins, Baltimore, twenty-seventh. I know they, depending on what they do in free agency, uh, maybe they could go get a receiver. There's a lot of them. Uh, this year but I, I like them taking Jenkins here because of the situation with uh, Orlando Brown and him wanting out of out of Baltimore and 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 you have Ronnie Stanley coming back from an injury a very devastating injury uh, I think Jenkins is the pick here I know I know what people are thinking that they should go receiver here but I, I I don't I personally don't think that you need another guy that can match Stanley and I know you're gonna get rid of Brown uh, so yeah Jenkins he- is a Jenkins is a really good pick here. And, and even then, um, I'll go down the list just a little bit here. Jalen Mayfield on there in Buffalo. We don't know the situation regarding their tackles at all this year because a bunch of them had to be either pay cuts or, or free agency. And I think Mayfield here from Michigan, uh, he can do a lot of good things for them. Uh, he's Well, not only is he young, but he can help. He's a really good guy that can open up the running game for Buffalo. Buffalo struggled so much in the running attack last year that – People in fantasy football didn't even want to touch the Bills running backs. They're so bad. And running back number one, just like in Baltimore, is their quarterback. So we need to change that up. And I think Mayfield brings in another element to an offense that's been pretty good over the last couple of years, especially with the guys like Josh Allen and the guys uh, like their receivers, Diggs and, and Colt Beasley, who have really managed to step up their game over the past couple of years. But now we want to get the running backs starting to, to going guys like Singletary and Zach Moss that can start up their play and, and choke it and add another element to the bills offense that has already been good, but can even be, but can even be better uh, with a guy like Jalen Mayfield adding to their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, anytime you draft someone in the trenches, I'm happy. I see the Colts take Kadarius Tony at 26. Um, I like that pick a lot. I'm a big fan of Kadarius Tony. I think that he has like, he's more twitchy. I think he's a great end around guy, uh, you know, get him the ball, at the line of scrimmage or a couple yards behind it and let him get six or seven yards every play. I think that's more of his space. I don't know, see him as a traditional slot guy or lining up outside, but I think in the right offense, if the Colts, if Frank Wright thinks he can draw play, uh, kind of scheme some things open, scheme him open, get the ball in his hands when he's already moving with some motion plays. I think Kadarius Tony here is a great pick at 26. Tevin Jenkins to the Ravens is huge. Cause like you said, I think Orlando Brown gets traded. I don't think they're going to get a first for him. I don't believe they're going to get a first, even though he wants to play left tackle. No. They might get like a second or third round pick, but I don't think they're going to get a first Ronnie Perkins to Minnesota. Um, that's an interesting pick for me for edge rusher. I'm not sure what I want the Vikings to do because they're in my division. So <laughs> I don't know what they, I don't know what they, what they should get in that situation. I would see if they can if, see if they can add to that linebacking core already than what they have, because on, from what I'm looking at here on your board, 
I haven't seen you take the linebacker from Notre Dame, which is very interesting to me. Uh, the linebacker from Notre Dame, I'm spacing out on his name right now. That's outrageous. I'm spacing out on his name. It's Jeremiah Wusu from Notre Dame. That's who it was. I had to think of it. Yeah, and I'm surprised he's not. He hasn't gone off your board yet. So I would probably take him. Maybe add their linebacking core. But the pick that I want to talk about the most is obviously the Packers pick. They get Rashad Bateman, who he's my personal wide receiver too in this class. I think he's the second best wide receiver. I think that he separates off the line really well, and he plays his tape. He said that he ran like a 4-3, if I'm not mistaken, but with no combine, <laughs> I can't trust his 40 speed. His tape is more like a 4-5 guy, but it, he's still showing a way to get open, and he creates after well after the catch. I think he has the least weaknesses of any receiver in this class. He he's, comes in very short up, and I think he's a great receiver opposite of Devontae. But what it also allows the Packers to do is – they still don't technically have a true slot wide receiver, but Devontae's shown the ability to be a star slot receiver. So if he can play more in the slot and they have a reliable guy on the outside, outside the numbers like Bateman, that, that'd be a great pick for them. And I personally would love to see the Packers take Bateman if he falls at 29. But in my mind, I don't think he should fall at 29 at all. <laughs> well, I mean, you would love to see him at 29. You would really love to. Maybe Green Bay might trade up. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, by the way, just go back. 26 was that trade from uh, Cleveland Colts took at 26 yeah. and 28 was that New Orleans picked when they trade up from 14 and mm-hmm. now Minnesota's back here at 28. Um, but yeah, was, we'll go back to Bateman here. I mean, I see a lot of another Devonte Adams there. I do. I really do. And, and you, you mentioned they do lack in the slot and, and, and a lot of these guys, I mean, let, let's be honest here. When we both can agree, it didn't matter what Devonte Adams was doing, he was going to get open no matter what. They can double team him, triple team him. He was getting open no matter what. There was just not another option for them. And yes, I know that was the best offense in the NFL last year, but there's still a lot of question marks surrounding that offense coming into this year. It's will Rogers perform like he did uh, last year? Will they bring back Aaron Jones? I mean, how will the tight ends like uh, Tanyan, you know, play? Sternberger, yeah. We have Sternberger. Mercedes Lewis, the inline tight end, who's the best, yeah. one of the best blockers, pretty much a sixth alignment. He's a free agent. Do they bring him back for another year? There's, you're right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of questions, but I feel like there's a lot of simple answers with the Packers offense as well. And one of them is taking Bateman. Yeah. I think, I think any receiver is good here, but I mean, if you fall right into the, like another receiver right into the hands of Green Bay and they take Bateman here, that's a smart pick. Now I'm going to question the Green Bay front office for a while. And the only reason why is because last year really made me upset. I mean, I was, I was, I don't, I don't like the Packers. Don't get me wrong, but like last year's draft was one of the worst draft classes I have seen in a while. Why would you take a quarterback and a running back in the first two picks? And I understand the logic, but like Aaron Rodgers just shut you up this season by winning the MVP award. That's just good. Ah, geez. But if they go wires here, maybe they might get, you know, give me back into some good feels and be like, you know what? They know what they're doing out here, but um, they, they have a sour taste in my mouth coming into this year's draft, but I don't know. We'll see. I like, I like the pick there. Of course I like the pick. I did the mock draft, but I see the logic in this. And I think Bayman goes there. Maybe he does fall. Maybe he doesn't fall. Maybe he might go in the second round. Maybe Green Bay doesn't take him. I don't know, but there's a lot of questions there. Uh, final two picks. Uh, we got the chiefs and the Buccaneers. Um, Pick 31, I have Greg Newsom, the second cornerback out of Northwestern, falling to Kansas City. Now, the Chiefs did struggle last year containing all three receivers, their three-headed monster. Also, why did they not contain Gronk? I don't know. That's just that was <laughs> Gronk exploded in the Super Bowl. But they need a corner, and I think they take Newsom here. I 
I'm not a big fan of any of the corners right now that the Chiefs have. Um, and and Tyron Matthew can do so little, you know. And and there was one point where we had Tyron Matthew on Antonio Brown. I'm like, why is your safety on Antonio Brown? And Antonio Brown did this little one, two, hezzy, went inside and got a touchdown. I was like, Jesus. So you need a cornerback, uh, another level of the cornerbacks. And and Newsom here for Northwestern fits the bill. He's got great speed that can match up with, you know, basically anybody in, in the, in the league. And you take a whole of his versatility that he can do. I think that just brings another element to the Chiefs defense that they desperately need, especially we saw, we saw the holes in the Super Bowl. I think we need to fix that. And then uh, Tampa Bay takes uh, Rondell Moore wide receiver here, Purdue. And the reasoning for this is because I, I truly believe Antonio Brown's going to get paid somewhere else. I don't think he's staying in Tampa Bay. And I think Chris Godwin's gone. So we need another receiver to fill in the void. Scotty Miller is not the answer, people. Um, and they have a plethora of tight ends, so get rid of one of them. But uh, we look at Rondell Moore, who, Jesus Christ, he another another guy that just has speed. And the guy can kill everybody inside. And I, I'm looking at him to play the slot role um, to start off. We know Brady loves looking at slot. We saw Julian Edelman have success in the slot. But Moore has the speed that can be even better than Edelman. He's got to work on the hand just a little bit. But um, giving Tom a guy in the slot that has a speed that can go and you can basically play him anywhere. I think that's a good, great fit for ta- for Tampa Bay. And it just gives you another option to just go out there and develop them. I mean, uh, Tampa Bay did last year of having a lot of veteran players and, and filling those roles out, especially in offense. I mean, you had Gronk and, and AB to help you for very short-term success, but what about long-term success? Maybe Tom's not the quarterback of the future, and I'm pretty sure he's not. But currently right now, Tom wants to get some of these young bucks a chance. And we saw a lot in New England with guys like uh, Chris Hogan to, to Chris Hogan and, and Edelman when he was just getting there. And we saw some success with uh, Wes Walker. Um, so I think Rondell Moore can have that kind of success with Tom in an offense that's always changing and always evolving. And Bruce Arians just lets Tom do what he wants to do at some point. So uh, getting receiver here, uh, knowing that you might lose two of your top three receivers in free agency, I think would be a no-brainer here for Tampa Bay. Yeah, if, it, if the last two picks shake out like this, I wouldn't be mad. The Chiefs, I think their secondary is a little better, a little better than you're giving it credit for. I'm a big fan of Legereus Sneed personally. Um, he had a great season and then their safety Sorensen, Matthew, Juan Thornhill. I think they shore up a lot of things. So I wouldn't mind a secondary corner because they have your Davies Ward, they have Rashad Breland. So I wouldn't mind a second corner to pair with Legereus Need and Newsom. I think Newsom translates well to the NFL, but he's going to have to be more of a risk taker because he does. He's so explosive. He breaks on some of those like shorter routes, those, you know, those hitch routes, those comebacks, some of the in routes. I think he breaks on a lot of those really well. So I think he'll be able to he'll be able to play five yards off the line of scrimmage, six, seven yards off the line of scrimmage, and just use the instincts to break on balls a little better. And then if Tampa Bay, if you say they're gonna lose A B and Godwin, I personally I'm thinking of a more, but just not that more. I'm thinking of Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. If you're thinking a slot guy, I would probably go with him over Rondell Moore here. But then again, if, if Brady likes Rondell Moore, then you go with Rondell Moore. But I think Elijah Moore, because he 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 exclusively played slotted Ole Miss. And he is really shorthanded. And that's kind of the guy that Brady loves. So, and he has, he's, once again, I like to use the word twitch because he's really sudden with his movements, you know, his route running. He really sells a lot of those things. So I think he would work really well in the slot for, you know, short yardage routes and kind of just taking up space in the middle. So I would probably go with Elijah Moore, Ronda Moore, but I wouldn't hate either pick. 
Yeah, and, and the only reasoning I have behind that is because I, me personally, I truly do believe AB is going to get paid somewhere else, and I believe Chris Godwin is going to leave. Now, I don't know where those are going to go, but a free agency is in two weeks, so anything can possibly happen. But, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Mach 1.0. It took a couple weeks to to nail it down. And and I did this based on what I watched last year. Um, Some tape that I I watched over some mixtapes. So, shout out to everybody I watched mixtapes from. and also just, you know, not knowing what a combine is. I mean, we see the pro days and they might look good on the pro days, but come their actual draft days. And after that, it's, it's kind of hard to tell what everybody else can, can really do. But I, I personally like this. I mean, I can, I, I can, I think, it, yeah. of this. I think it benefits a lot of the front offices whose scout rooms and like draft teams are watching a lot of game tape and can translate the game tape like I said, real life, because with the pro days, with the combines, some of these guys, their hands may be a little more secure. And like in the combine, they're showing up that they've worked on their hands or that their 40 time is better. They're, they're three cone, things like that. I think you're just going to benefit from the team scouting departments. Who's like said, put on the tape and can they play yes or no? Can I find a way to whatever they do best? Can that work in my offense or can that work on my defense? I think it'll benefit a lot of teams that like I said, especially with the guys not lying about their 40 times, but I'm already seeing some juice 40 times on Twitter from some of these guys. So let's put on the game tape and see, do they play at that four, three speed or like, like Bateman, he, he, I think he ran like a four, three, four, he plays at a four five speed on tape. So I think that's, I think it's going to be a lot of good things from, I think a lot of these good teams are really going to capitalize on this draft specifically with guys falling. Yeah. And a lot of guys, a lot of guys are falling. I mean, that's just the first round. I mean, you know what they say, you find the gems in the later rounds. You don't really get them in the first rounds. You get them in the fourth, force on back. And that's true. I mean, some of the best players in our league today are from the latter parts of the draft. Devontae so Adams, unless, unless you're, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, anything can happen, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's, that's the game. That's why we love football because anything can happen. We can see one team go from last to first in one year. And, uh, you know, any, anything's off the table for this draft class. We have no, like I said, no combine. Uh, we just have game tapes that we had to rely on. And we can't really say, you know, I can be, I can go out there and say, if I was an athlete and be like, oh, bro, I ran, bro, you should even see my 40 time was I ran a 4-2. Like, how do you know I ran a 4-2? <laughs> if, if, if your biggest thing on me on my tape is, oh, he's not looking, he's not enough, he's not sudden enough, he doesn't have enough agility or he's not quick enough and you're like, Oh, but look at my 40 time. No, let's just throw on the tape and let's walk. Yeah. Let's yeah, I don't know what you're running with the three cone and the vertical <laughs> jump. I don't know what your vertical is. You know, I mean, I understand that's why the pro days are there for. But even then, I've seen guys do well in their pro days and they just don't show up in their combine. You know, <laughs> I've seen that so much. A guy like that that I thought had a great pro day and didn't really have a great uh, combine was your boy, Aaron Jones. I thought he had a great pro day in UTEP. I thought he looked great. And then, and then I go to the combine and he, it wasn't, he still did a great combine, but it wasn't as great as his pro day. So uh, a lot of guys can, you know, lose weight and, and do stuff that they normally don't do before because of the combine and the pro days. But now that we don't have no combine, we just have the pro days. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we've already had guys like Trevor Lawrence have surgery after their pro day. Yeah. So like things like that can change, even though exactly. I still believe he's going to be great, but things like that can change. But that is my 1.0 for this year. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I really ha- I had fun making this. Uh, I teased it for, what, two weeks? I think I, I was, it for two I weeks. I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it. And yeah. I, was, I was pleasantly surprised 
like I said, the Bateman cherry, cherry on top, and I'm happy. Yeah, see, you got what you wanted. There you go. Yeah. And, and I just did that based, like I said, game tape. Um, but overall, I was satisfied with the, how that came out. But, of course, we're going to have an article so you guys can see the Mach 1.0. I'll have it out after this podcast so you guys can tune in and watch it. And we're going to have the podcast as well linked to the article so that, you know, everybody can listen to the wonderful things me and Michael Pleasant had uh, in this episode today. But as always... I thank everybody for joining me today. Michael, thank you for joining me on this on this awesome journey we had. Uh, as mentioned before, he also has a podcast. He's with Mark Fellman and Colin Terlecki there on the Off the Pod podcast, which I believe yesterday was your fifth episode. So congratulations, Four. our fourth yeah. episode. Congratulations on that. And, and it was the first one that had video conferencing too. It's yeah, on video content, baby. So go and check that out as well. They talk some really good stuff. I'm just waiting for them so I can get on so we can talk Steelers football, but you know, that, that could be saved for another day, mm-hmm. but uh, go check out their stuff. I'll have a link in the description um, in the, in the article. So you guys can go check them out as well. So uh, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your feedback. Thanks I appreciate for having me. your commentary. I appreciate your knowledge of the game of football. Let's just Thanks. put this out there. So I appreciate uh, it. With that being said, I'm going to sign off for the day. Thank you guys for joining me on the RDT podcast. We're going to see if we can do this almost every week, bringing some guests, you know, some some analogy. And maybe we might talk about things such as, you know, the new Madden game, you know, the MCU. We don't know yet. We might even talk about how Drake is not even the best artist from Canada, for crying out loud. But that's another topic for later. I am Reno Del Toro signing off. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. And please stay safe. We'll